Pastor Greg's going to come up and bring the word. Amen. Good morning, Lake Church. Hallelujah. Well, happy Memorial Day weekend. I know that uh, many of you have plans, and we certainly don't want to postpone those. Amen. But I'm glad that you chose to be here this morning. Amen. Amen. So um, right now, you know, as we start the service, I think it's important that we reflect and give thought to those who have gave their lives for our country and also those that have went on in our family, important people that are now in eternity that have imparted and impacted our lives. And so I'd just like to take a, a moment of silence just to reflect and to think about these wonderful people that have imparted to us. Many have lost people this year or in the last few years, and you're adapting and transitioning through that. It's good to just simply reflect and uh, just remember that they were a gift from God to us, and uh, we, we need to esteem that gift. Amen? And, uh, you know, many times I think about my mother. I think about my great-grandmother. I think about my great-aunt. Those were three ladies. That was the trinity to me. And uh, they're all in heaven with the Lord. But guess what? They still speak. And they still uh, impart to my life. And uh, the lessons learned and the wonderful memories that I have have just been uh, great to reflect on in tough times. Amen? And many are going through tough times. And it's good to reflect on the goodness of God because the goodness of God reflects in your relationships. Amen. And I'm grateful for every man and woman that has sacrificed their life on behalf of us having the ability to come here and to worship the Lord without fear of persecution. Amen. And so we need to give God thanks for that. So let's just take a, just a moment just to reflect on those that have went on before us. Lord Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you for every relationship that you've put in our lives. We thank you, Father God, that they're gifts to us. We cherish that gift. We cherish the memories. And we cherish the sacrifice that people have made on our behalf that do not even know who we are. We're grateful today. We come to this day with great respect, with great adoration, with great sentiment, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. God is good and greatly to be praised. Amen. Let's turn our Bibles to Proverbs chapter 10. And I'm going to try to endeavor in the next two weeks uh, with this truncated service here. And then also with our two services next week, I'm going to try to delve into some things that um, will help you in this next season you know, I've heard a lot on social media and I've heard a lot from, you know, people that I've talked with and, and uh, because of this, you know, increase in prices and inflation and things of that nature, people are shaky and they're concerned about the future. Um, so it's good for us to reflect on God's system 
so that we can begin to understand that uh, we don't need to... Uh, listen, guys, I'm not getting on to you. There's, people will say, well, we need to start working the land, okay? You know, I know we, need, we need to make a garden and stuff like that. And I'm certainly not against you making a garden, all right? But why would we work the physical land when we're not working the spiritual land? So it's important for us to learn how the spiritual land works because we need to work that land. Amen? And the principles are the same. Just as in the physical is also true in the spiritual as well. It's just that we can't see it, touch it, taste it immediately, and so therefore we get discouraged. But we need to understand that we should not fear inflation. We don't need to fear increased gas prices. How are you doing, buddy? Good to see you, man. Like that hair, man. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's first time I've seen Nate. Nate's been here a couple weeks, so it's good to see him back. Amen? We don't need to fear these things. And uh, there's a lot of fear, you know, flowing through, you know. And then, of course, you've got monkeypox. Now, that's the new thing, you know. <laughs> Hello. And uh, what you're seeing is, is you're seeing a line being drawn in our culture today. And it's really those who embrace the culture of the world and those who embrace the kingdom of God. And uh, we need to learn to operate within the realm of the kingdom of God in every area of our life, not just in some areas, not just in our devotional life. Well, I'm here, I'm operating. Well, that may, may be true, that may not be true. I mean, just coming to church doesn't necessarily, that's a good seed sown, but it's not necessarily the only thing that we're called to do. We're new creations. We're to operate in a new way of living. Amen. And uh, the Lord has given us his word and the principles and the wisdom of his word for us to overcome the systems of the world. Amen. And the systems of this world are beginning to show their face, beginning to show their true motivations their true intentions, and their true pay. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And eternal life isn't about heaven. It's about right here and right now. Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life right now and have it more abundantly. Amen? And so we, we need to stop putting things off and realize that we can operate in divine life right now through the principles of the word and the spirit of God that lives on the inside of us. Greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Do we really believe that? And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith, our faith in God will cause us to overcome, you see, the pressures of this life. Amen. Jesus said, be of good cheer. He said, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have recession. You're going to have Inflation, you're going to have pressure. Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Amen. I like the Amplified. I've deprived it of its power to harm you. Do we believe that? Amen. All right. So we need to work the land. Now, I'm not against gardening. If you want to garden and you want to grow a big crop, listen, I like tomatoes. Amen. We had a garden a couple weeks during COVID. We had a garden. Uh, Mimi wanted to plant a garden, so we planted a garden. 
we had a lot of good things and we enjoyed it very much. It's a lot of work. We enjoyed it very much. But uh, I'm here to tell you, friends, people are getting this survival mentality and we're not called to survive. We're called to thrive. We're called to overcome. Overcoming doesn't have anything to do with survival. Hello? So I'm not saying you shouldn't plant. I'm not saying you shouldn't save. I'm not saying you shouldn't do any of that. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is, let's work this land. Let's understand how this works. And praise God, we'll know that we'll have a continual feast because the Word of God is true. The Word of God is real. And the Word of God will cause us to overcome in this life. Amen? Okay. All right. So we're going to be talking about seed, time, and harvest. This is God's system. In fact, it's incorporated in his name, Yahweh. When you hear the word Yahweh, you're not just hearing the name, you're also hearing about a system. And the system was instituted right at the very beginning. We see it in Genesis chapter 1 where he talks about to to Adam, he says, I've given you every seed-bearing plant, every seed-bearing crop. He said, I've given it to you for for, uh, food to eat. And basically what he's saying is, he's saying everything I've given you is perpetual because it's got a seed in it. And you've got to understand that. Everything's got a seed in it. You are a product of seed time and harvest. Did you know that? You are a product of seed time and harvest. What you're wearing is a product of seed time and harvest. Everything you go out and eat, those bratwursts that you're going to grill this afternoon, seed time and harvest. Those steaks that you're going to grill, seed time and harvest. Everything, seed time and harvest. Everything we sit in, wear, everything we do, seed time and harvest. That's God's system. Well, we got to understand that God's system isn't just physical, it's spiritual as well. So everything that happens in the, in the, in the natural world has a spirit parent to it. Do you understand that? So... You know, the Bible says in Romans chapter 1, it says that the, uh, the, um, the things of God are clearly seen <clears throat> by the things which are made. So we can study the trees and plant life and animal life and things of that nature, and we can get clues as to what the spiritual world looks like, amen, and operates in. So seed time and harvest is God's system. It's a system for the natural, it's a system for the solical, and it's a system for the spiritual. And it operates that way. You operate in seed, time, and harvest. Your life consists of seed, time, and harvest. You are sowing seeds. Time is being, is taking place, and eventually you're going to have what? A harvest. Amen? Now, we love sowing seed. But we don't necessarily like the time. But some seed we sow, we wish it never would come. So, come on. But then we've got harvest. So our job is to understand seed and understand harvest. Because those are the two things that we're active in. We are seed sowers and we are harvesters. God takes care of the in-between. God takes care of the time. Amen? Now, this is also God's system of justice. Did you know that? We're going to find that out. God's system of justice. You know, 
We've got whole last, last three years. Justice, justice. We want justice for this person, justice for that person, justice for these people. Well, who's these people? We're all people. Amen? Come on now. Justice, justice, justice. Well, we don't understand that seed time and harvest is God's justice. It is God's justice in the earth. Did you know that God does justice in the earth? Most of you are saying, no, I don't see it. That's what you're, you're saying. That No, I don't see it. I don't see any justice in the earth. I see people being marginalized. I see people being abused. I see people, listen, seed time and harvest is God's justice. Amen? Yeah. And we need to understand that, that God gives space for repentance. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting too far. All right, okay, I can see. All right, now, here, here's a, a principle to seed time and harvest. Uh, Proverbs chapter 10, verse number 4. It says, a slack hand causes poverty. A slack hand causes poverty. Okay, here we have a seed, and then we have a harvest, don't we? What's the seed? Not doing anything. Being slack, being lazy. That's the seed. What's the harvest? Poverty. See, when you start seeing this in the Word, you'll begin to see these things. God tells you what the seed is, and then he tells you what the harvest is going to be. Just like going down, you know, some of you have already planted gardens or already got your gardens ready. And you went down, my dad would get one of these flats of seed packets. And my sister and I groaned and moaned and when he'd bring that seed, you know. We didn't understand that it was food. We didn't understand that we were going to be cutting those tomatoes and putting them on hamburgers here in about six months' time. Didn't have any clue whatsoever. We just saw seed packets. That wasn't very exciting. That's what, no, you know what that meant? We had to work. Hello. We had to get the land ready. We had to, you know, till up the soil. We had to get the rocks out. We had to put down fertilizers, and that was the old chicken coop. That was the fertilizer for our garden was the old chicken coop. And we had to take shovels, and we had to shovel that floor in that chicken coop and transfer it over and throw it onto that ground and then till it up again, and then we'd have to do it over and over and over again, getting it ready until the soil looked like a certain way that it could receive seed. The reason why a lot of people are not experiencing a lot from the Lord is because their soil ain't ready. It's not been stirred up. It's not been ready. It's not been ready. It's not been fertilized to be able to receive the seed. So he, he shows us what the seed is. He says, but the hand of the diligence makes rich. So here we have another seed. What's the seed? Diligence. What does diligence bring? According to the Bible, it brings wealth. It brings riches. Amen. Okay. So we can kind of see that. Are you understanding what a seed is? See, a seed isn't just a physical seed like a pumpkin seed or a uh, watermelon seed. Words are seeds. Intentions are seeds. Actions are seeds. These things get thrown into our lives, into the soil of our life, and they begin to grow a harvest. You see, everything reproduces after its kind. So if you sow a seed of strife or a seed of gossip or a seed, you're wondering why people are talking about you, well, you need to check your seed bin. Hello? It's important for you to look in the mirror and stop looking outside the window all the time. Well, I'm, 
going through this because of so-and-so. No, it may be because you sowed seed and you're getting a harvest back. Why can't I get anybody to be faithful in my endeavors? Why can't I get, well, did you sow unfaithfulness in a previous, come, oh, you don't like this. It, this is Memorial Day. This is party time, and you're talking about serious things that make me think about my life. I don't know if I like that. My dad would bring those seeds, and he'd, you know, he had already outlined what he wanted to grow. He wanted to grow green beans. He wanted to grow tomatoes. He wanted uh, squash, zucchini squash. He wanted certain types of things. So he bought the seeds that he wanted. And my sister and I were the guinea pigs. We were the labor that went in to make that happen. And uh, so we learned how to put seeds in the ground. Hello. And we didn't immediately the next day have zucchini. There was a process of time. And there was also responsibilities within that process of time. See, here's what a lot of people miss it. They think they sow a seed, maybe a financial seed. And they don't understand that time goes, comes to pass and then harvest comes in. But there are things that we do in the midst from the time we plant the seed till the time we harvest. So if I, you know, sowed a harvest, we had corn one year, okay? He wanted to do corn, all right? So we did corn. Well, my mom got sick and uh, had to go into the hospital. So it caused us, uh, our whole system to be thrown off. And so the crop grew up, but we weren't able to harvest it because we were busy doing other things. Now, granted, you know, it was a serious situation and we had to put our attention to that, but you can miss a harvest. You can miss a harvest. You know, mine was, you know, ours was that my mother had gotten sick, but it could be, you know, just busy with life and you can miss a harvest. So no sooner than that harvest is going to take itself and put it in the barn your financial harvest isn't going to do the same thing either. During that period of time, you've got to be able to listen to the Lord for instructions on how to go through that time in between sowing and reaping. And many times it'll be ideas, connections, things that the Lord will align you with to bring to pass so that you can bring in the harvest. Amen. Now notice it says, he who gathers in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps in harvest, can you sleep in harvest, is a son who brings shame. Okay? So it says, the hand of the diligent makes rich. Those that uh, are, um, uh, I mean, the hand, uh, the slack hand brings poverty. The hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in the proper time is a wise son. He who sleeps in harvest, you know, brings his father shame. Okay? So we can see that we have something to do with the harvest of our life. See, there's a lot of people that think this. Well, if God's going to do something, he's just going to do it. I have absolutely no control. God's in the control. He's got the wheel. Well, inevitably, because God is 
omnipotent, omniscient. You know, he, ha- he is in control of everything. I mean, but he has chosen to put responsibilities upon us as human beings to cooperate with him and to work the system that he has put in place. Amen. And there is a physical system, there is a solical system, and there is a spiritual system that we all need to be aware of and learn how to function in. Just as physical seed is put in the sand, in, into the ground, a soul seed can be put in your mind. Or you can begin to operate in spiritual principles by sowing in spiritual ways that bring about a spiritual harvest. Okay? So if you continue to meditate on the seeds of the enemy that are being planted into your head, you're going to eventually get a harvest. And it's amazing how we tend more to those things than we would to physical seed. We water them, we think about them, we gossip about them, we get on the phone, we get on Facebook, and we write it all out, and we just begin to allow these things to begin to germinate in our soul. And then we wonder why we have mental anguish and mental problems and mental situations that are causing us to not act like ourselves. It's because seed time and harvest has done its process. Are you with me? It is the system of God. Let's go to um, Genesis chapter 8. I'm getting way ahead of myself. Hallelujah. Verse 22. He's talking to Noah right after Noah and his sons had got out of the ark and went through the 40 days and 40 nights of the flood. He says, while the earth remains. Now, I've looked that up in the Hebrew, and it means while the earth remains. <laughs> but there are people that think, no, God's not accurate. God's not true. We've got the situation environmentalists, extreme environmentalists, that think that the world's just going to burn up. But that's not what the Bible says. He says, while the earth remains. I'm not saying that we shouldn't recycle. I'm not saying that we shouldn't do certain things and be good stewards of the earth. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this extremism to try to bring in a doomsday is a manipulative technique to get money out of your pocket and to exact more power over your life. Amen? Because the Bible says... While the earth remains, so that means until it burns up, when God burns it. Not global warming, God burns it. Amen. There is a fire going to happen, guys. It says seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Now, can we believe, you know, in, a, in probably in a few days, we're going to be up in the 90s and even the hundreds. Can we believe God that it won't be 90 or 100? No. Because heat's going to come. And it's going to remain until the earth is no more. How many like cold weather? I don't like cold weather. But I can't believe God for no cold weather. Why? Because the Bible says cold and heat. Amen? 
cold and heat. So that's the way it's going to be. It's not going to be all heat like some people are saying. One of these days it's going to be all heat and you're going to pay and you're, you're going to wish you did this, you know. Greta Van Thunberg, you know. <laughs> Hello. Isn't it amazing they use kids to do that stuff? Okay. Well, that's not true. That's not, not true at all. In fact, if you look at the science, the science isn't even there. I'm, I'm getting off. I'm not going to get off, all right? <laughs> science isn't even there. Did you see the video, though, the Davos, you know, video that I put up on my... And uh, the lady gets up to give at the World Economic Forum, and she says, how many of you guys own electric cars? And there's like this big old huge group of people, and there's like four people. Four people that are pushing you to get an electric cars. They don't even drive them. And they use planes to get there. Oh, come Okay. All right. Need to get Will Smith to slap them all. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. But notice this. This is a concept. This is God's concept. It's the cyclical cycle of God, seed time and harvest. And that's the way it works. That's the reason why when you dabble in sin, you don't get immediate harvest. And there actually can be pleasure in sin for what? A season. So there's a period of time in which, you know, from the time that you sow the seed to your flesh until you reap the harvest of corruption. Okay? So it, the chickens don't come to roost immediately. Hello? Some of you are praying for crop failure. I know it. Because I've done it as well. Amen? So this is the cycle of God. And it isn't just the cycle of God. I'm saying this over and over to get it in your head. It isn't just a physical cycle. It's a spiritual cycle. I'm going to show it to you. Let's go to Galatians. I don't know why people are doing this to me, and I don't know why I'm having such a hard time. I don't know why everything's against me. God must have it in for me. The devil is after me. There's a lot of ignorance in those words. Let's look at uh, Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. So it clearly says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he's going to reap. Hello. Now, if you're pagan here today, you recognize that principle, you know, as karma. There's nothing to karma. That's the principle. They hijack the principle from God, put their little packaging on it, and make it sound a whole lot more spiritual. 
He says right there. He says, whatsoever a man or a woman sows, they're going to reap. That is a principle. That is a law. It happens every time. Whether it's in the physical realm, or whether it's in the spiritual realm, whether it's in the solical realm. Is it cold in here? I feel like it is. Can we turn that up a little bit, my brother? Thank you so much. Amen. People covering up. I felt like that we could hang some meat in here, but uh, <laughs> thank God for air conditioning. Amen. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Okay? So my degree of experiencing eternal life is based upon my sowing into the Spirit. My degree of reaping corruption is based upon me sowing to the flesh. Now, when it's talking about the flesh, it's not talking about taking showers and using body wash and taking care of your, you know, your, your skin and things of that nature. It's not talking about the care of the physical body. It's not talking about going to the gym and working out, watching what you eat. It's not talking about that at all. It's the Greek word sarks. And it means the appetites, desires, and longings of the body. That means the flesh nature. It says you sow to the flesh nature, you're going to reap corruption. You sow to the spirit, you're going to reap life everlasting. Now, how many would like life everlasting? How many want a package with it that says corruption? Is that a package you're going to sign for? UPS comes to your door and it says corruption. Are you going to sign for that package? No. But if we continue to sow to the appetites, desires, and lust of the flesh, then inevitably we will reap corruption from that. So let me take it down. I've told you this many times. I don't want you to be shocked by this statement. It's something you need to write in your Bible. If your life sucks, you suck. God is not doing it to you, and your worst enemy is not the devil. The worst enemy in your life is who you looked at in the mirror this morning. You have a choice whether you're going to sow the proper seed or not. Amen. I am thankful that God changed my nature when I was born again. Because when he did that, Jerry, he changed my seed bin. I now have the ability to sow seed that will bring everlasting life. And like I said, everlasting life isn't about the sweet by and by. It's about living in the realm of the spirit right now, today. The overcoming power of God, the life of God manifesting in my mortal body, in my situations and in my circumstances can be actuated 
by me sowing the proper seed, operating within the time limit, understanding that they that wait upon the Lord shall exchange their strength. And understanding that I can reap a harvest of life everlasting. I remember I was praying right here, just rocking around this auditorium. And I had been sowing and sowing and sowing, confession and things of that nature. And the Lord said, I'm com- you're coming into a harvest of healing. Now, I know by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. I'm healed right now today. I was healed when I was in the hospital. I was healed when they told me that I was going to die. I was healed immediately. Why? Because the word of God says so. But I had to get in my garden. See, God expects you to get in your garden and do some work. Oh, yeah, come on now. Well, if God's just going to do it, it's going to be automatic and it's going to just come on and I won't feel a buzz and I'm going to. No, he says, get in your garden. See, a lot of people are looking for the spectacular and they're missing the supernatural. They want a spectacular thing. I, I want it to be shocked. I want to, you know, fall out. I want a vision. I want a, a booming voice. And they're missing the supernatural part because you've been given the equipment to be able to grow life everlasting. Did you know you have a life everlasting machine on the inside of you? You've got a life everlasting. You're fully equipped to grow a harvest that can bring life everlasting into your situation, into your marriage, into your business. Amen? If you'll work it. People don't work it. And then they blame the Lord. Hello? Now, if I had a piece of land, and I said, Daniel, I'm going to give you this piece of land, or I'm going to let you, you know, let you grow crops on this land, you know, and uh, I give you authority to do whatever. I've got the barns. I've got the tractor. I've got everything that you would need to be. I've even got the seed for you. And so you go out there and you do the work. You do the physical work and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden when harvest comes, you know, everything's growing up and weeds are growing up with it. And it just looks in total disrepair. Someone comes up and and says, Daniel, what about this, uh, these fields out here? He said, oh, well, that's Greg's. That's Greg's. If he wants to do something about it, he'll come do it. There's a lot of Christians live that way. God wants to do something, he'll just do it. No, you've got to bring in the harvest. Oh, I don't know if you like this or not. You got to bring in the harvest. You got to sow the seed. You got to you got to abide within the time, and you've got to bring in the harvest. Harvest ain't going to come in itself. See, the reason why you're not experiencing some of the certain things that you want to see in life is because you haven't sowed the seed. Oh, I get on marriage right now. I mean, my goodness, the reason why a lot of marriages are failing right now is because there's no proper seed being sown. There's no cultivation happening 
in each other's lives. And we're wondering why we're getting this stress and we're getting this strife and we're getting this contention. It's because what's growing is what's been planted. Now, listen, if you will take responsibility for your life, you will be a happier person. I will guarantee you that. If you take responsibility, I remember I was sitting, you know, and, and faced some of the things that I faced. It was only when I stopped blaming the devil. Come on now. That's hard for people to take. Was the devil a part of it? Absolutely it was. But I stopped blaming the devil and I began to look at what was going on in my life. Because guess what? He can only work with what I give him. And if I have so unforgiveness, he has a right to yield a harvest. Oh, come on now. If I sow strife and stress and gossip and slander and junk, guess what's going to happen? He's a legalist. He's only going to come for what he can legally get because he can't touch me physically. I've been sealed by the Holy Spirit and by the blood of Jesus. So what he has to do, he has to get me to cooperate with my own planting. What does the devil want? He wants to control your soul so that he can control your seed. Because as you sow seed, it creates things. And it may not happen immediately, but it's coming. (coughs) It's coming. And so when we begin to sow hate, when we begin to sow unforgiveness, when we begin to sow bitterness, then it begins to create a crop. And then you just feel like, have you ever, well, I don't know, you know, I've been in the country most of my life, but when that um, garden gets out of control, oh my gosh, you talk about a lot of work. Have you ever done a garden? Someone said, I want to plant a garden. Now, where you want to plant it? Over there where that old garden is. And it's just, you know, like this. And you've got a, you've got a lot of work to do, pulling up old plants and things of that nature. And, and that's where a lot of people are because they didn't take in the harvest. Am I speaking to anybody? Okay, all right. You guys are quiet on me. It's all right. It's a holiday. You'll be out in a minute. Let's go to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes 11. Eleven in verse number four. It says, He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. So right there, sowing and reaping is not God's responsibility. Sowing and reaping is not God's responsibility. That's my responsibility. 
You know, when he brought home those seed packets, you'd pull those seeds out. You'd see them. They, they were varied in size. You'd get watermelon. You know, we did watermelon one time. You know, you got a watermelon seed in there. It's hard for us to believe as we're holding that, that within that is not just one watermelon, but a vine that can make several watermelons. You mean that huge oak tree is in a seed about that size? You mean that, you know, zucchini squash is in these little, it almost looks like, you know, little tiny specks that you just throw out and it brings forth all this fruit. <coughs> it's the same with money. It's the same in the spirit realm. You see, when we sow seed, we get more. Come on, that's what the Bible teaches. In fact, Jesus taught this. Give and what? It shall be given. Now, what's he talking about? He's talking about grace. He's talking about mercy. He's talking about forgiveness. So that means this. You want more grace? Give it more. You want more mercy? Give mercy. You want more forgiveness? Give forgiveness. Amen? People are holding grudges, and then you're wondering why people are giving you a hard time. You got no favor with anybody because you haven't given no favor. Oh, I got my, I got my arm in your Kool-Aid, and I'm just kind of... <laughs> Hello, mixing it up. That's the truth, guys. What you sow is what you're going to reap. What you sow is what you're going to reap. You know, you can take things in. You can take in materials. You can take in media, and it will create a harvest. Hello. It works in every realm. Now, see, we're talking about the negative about it, but, man, you turn it over into the positive. You turn it over to the fact that, guess what? If I meditate on the Word of God, it'll bring life to me. If I sow my seed in the kingdom of God, I can multiply it. It's how it works. And people resist this process. They resist it. They resist this process. And it's working anyway. How many, how many realize you cut your grass the last few weeks? You're going to have to cut your grass again? Yeah, you're going to have to cut your grass until about October. Why? Seed time and harvest. It's going to grow regardless. You might as well cultivate something instead of just letting it grow wild. Amen? Doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. Doesn't mean that your garden's going to look absolutely perfect. Just means you begin to cultivate what you want instead of allowing the enemy to grow whatever he wants in your life. You take authority over your garden. You take authority over what grows in your life. And stop blaming God when you don't get the crop that you want. Oh, goodness gracious. 
God's not answering my prayer. You're not working the system. You're not working the system. God put this system in place. Did you know that God sits on the throne? That's what he does. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God's Father. That means this. He's not up there messing in your garden. Oh, I got to help Daniel's garden. I got to get over here and weed this out. He won't, if I don't weed it, he won't weed it. That is not what Jesus is doing. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God's Father. He has given the system to cause you to overcome in every area of your life if you'll put in the work. Now, I'm not talking about work to get saved because you can't get saved. There's no work you can do to save yourself. This is work that causes what's on the inside to come out on the outside. And that's what planning is all about. It's about putting something in the unseen to cause something to grow in the scene. But guess what? Look at that scripture again. He who observes the wind will not sow. And he who regards the clouds will not reap. If the enemy can't change your seed, he'll make circumstances to where you stop sowing seed. He doesn't want you sowing seed. Doesn't want you sowing the right seed. You know, spiritual growth and physical growth are parallel. There are all kinds of variables to physical growth. And depending on the harvest you get is dependent upon those variables the same spiritually. So when you look at the circumstances and God's saying, do this, sow this, give this, and you're saying, well, you know what? You know, we've got a recession going on. We're starts of a recession. We've got inflation. We've got, uh, you know, we've got high gas prices. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it to work. And he's telling you, he's, he's not trying to take that away from you. And he's certainly not trying to prove your spiritual maturity. He's given you the answer to your dilemma. He's given you the solution to your gas issues next week. Oh. That's the way you got to see seed. You got to stop seeing seed as God trying to take something away from you and see it as a means of sowing it into a system that can produce more stuff. It's what the Bible teaches, guys. It's what the Bible teaches. So when he begins to ask you to sow something, you can begin to pay attention to the wind. Say, you know what, I ain't going to do it. But then also, you can sow the seed, and it can be harvest time. And then because you're interpreting the clouds, you won't get out there and reap your harvest. The goal of the enemy is keeping you from harvest. He'll either do it by getting you to not sow the seed or if you have sowed the seed, he'll keep you from reaping the harvest. Are you with me? I remember, and I'm going to close with this here. We're going to have a good time next week. I believe it's Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. And uh, Jesus... <clears throat> is being followed by a multitude. And uh, Peter and his brother uh, 
is, has come in from a night fishing because they fished at night. And uh, he is, get, you know, cleaning up his equipment, getting ready to go home. And Jesus, because of the crowds, says, hey, can I use your boat? And he gets in the boat, they push it out, and Jesus uses the acoustics off the water to be able to speak to multitudes. And he preaches the gospel, and people's lives are transformed and changed by his message. Okay? Did Peter sow a seed? Yeah, he sowed his time. He sowed his equipment. He, sowed, he sacrificed certain... Come on now. He let, let Jesus have the boat. Jesus used the boat for kingdom purposes. So he sowed a seed. So Jesus, after Peter has toiled all night, says, push the boat out and let down your nets for a catch. He that considers the wind will not sow. Notice what Peter said. Master, we've toiled all night. And there's a lot of people that feel that way. We've toiled all night. We've, we've done our due diligence. We didn't get anything. But, hello, I like those buts in the Bible. But, nevertheless, at your Word. Yes. And it says he put his nets down and he caught so much fish that he was able, basically, if you, if you study the history of it, he was ba able to basically go walk with Jesus for three years on the money. Oh, you're not getting this. On the money that he got from that, he was able to follow the Lord for three years. Because we don't see him fishing again until after Jesus has been raised from the dead. They don't know it. And he got a big catch of fish then too. Hello. All right. So he tells him, put it down. He thinks he's crazy. We've toiled all night. It's daytime right now. Our reflection is going to be seen by these fish. They're not going to cooperate at all. We couldn't even get, catch them at night. What are we going to do? Catch them in full sun? But he spoke a word to him. Amen? And that's what you do. Listen, guys. From the time you sow your seed... Till the time you come to the place of harvest, there's this time. And what is that time used for? That time is to be able to hear a word from God. People will sow seed and they'll forget about it. Well, I never got a harvest on that. Well, first off, you didn't do the time part. They that wait upon the Lord. That's just not sitting around, okay, Lord, I'm waiting. I sowed the seat. You can get with it. Thursday. Thursday's when I need it. That's not the way it works. Hello? What am I going to do in that span called time? 
I'm going to wait upon the Lord. And the word waiting upon the Lord isn't waiting like waiting on a bus. It's the word for service. It's the, it's the same as someone who waits your table. Do you understand that? It's like someone waiting a table. It's ministering to the Lord. It's worshiping him. It's putting our focus on him. Not minding the things of the flesh, but minding the things of the spirit. When we do that, then we need to do exactly what Mary told those that had needed wine at the wedding of Cain of Galilee. He said, whatsoever he says to you, do it. Whatsoever he says to you, do it. So in the time, I'm waiting for a word. Oh, Because God's going to give me a connection. God's going to give me an avenue. God's going to give me an open door. I got to be able to see it. But if I sow my seed and I forget, then I can sleep through my harvest. And that opportunity has passed me by to reap and harvest because I've got to use just as much energy to plant and just as much energy to in the timing part and just as much energy in the reaping part. I've got to sow by faith, I've got to wait by faith, and I've got to reap by faith. It's just not going to automatically, you know, God will speak to us. Let me give you an example of this. We have our camp out there. It's, it's a nice camp out there on Lake Keystone. It was run by the Mormons for years. Karen grew up right next to the camp, so Karen and I were well aware of the camp for years. We used to walk it as teenagers and things of that nature. And uh, so it was kind of in disrepair. It, it looked like Sanford and Son, man. It, it just, you know, the... The guy that they had caretaking it was a hoarder. And uh, I mean, it had engines and transmissions on the ground and all over the place. And they, this person contacted me and said, would you be interested in a camp for kids? And of course that tied into the vision. Okay, that tied into the vision. Sure, I want a camp for kids. So we went and looked at it, and of course it looked atrocious. I mean, the, the building there was filled with stuff. We, we uh, basically filled up three 30-yard containers with what was in that building. It was horrible. Okay? All right? So um, we, we start, well, before the process happened, before we even got it, we believed God that we were going to get it. And there were other ministries that were interested in it. The, the Boy Scouts were interested in it, things of that nature, and they were all filling out, you know, applications, you know, for that, okay? So we sowed a seed, and we were believing God that we would get this camp. So I went down to the Corps of Engineers, and I filled out all the paperwork, Amen. And uh, went through all their hoops. And so I had sowed. 
And so I'm sitting there, and uh, he's saying, well, I'm going to need your articles of incorporation. I'm going to need all this, you know, paperwork. And I said, sir, I will have it to you by the end of the week. This was like a Monday. I'll have it to you by the end of the week. Well, you know, sometimes the time period can be short. Doesn't always have to be long. And so I get into my car. No sooner than I got in my car, I just felt in my spirit. Said, you go get that paperwork and you take it to them right now. And I called Rebecca. I said, well, I need to get these paperwork in right now. The Lord's told me to get this paperwork. So she had it ready. I went and got it, and I took it back to them. It didn't look like anything. The guy was kind of somewhat impressed, but, you know, it didn't really, nothing really changed. He said, oh, well, thank you. We'll, we'll take it under advisement. You know, no big deal. Well, about two, three weeks later, I get a call. And it is the person that owns the camp from the Mormon, you know, community. And he says this. This is what he says. He says, we were going to give it to this other ministry, this other church. He said, but because you brought your paperwork in immediately, the board has decided to award it to you. And we've had it for, what, 12 years now? Amen. Used it for countless lives changed. See, if I would have considered the wind, I said, you know what? I ain't got time. I got other things to do, you know. I'm a busy man. A lot of people miss out. They, they miss out on sowing what they need to sow to bring the harvest that they want to bring. What if I had never brought those things? Well, that was the problem with the other ministries. They never brought their stuff. They still hadn't brought their stuff even after we had took it over. You've got to realize that when God tells you to do something, you do it. You do it in his time. You do it in his way. Amen? Multiple times. I remember the story of a, a gentleman that... Uh, was driving down um, an old country road, saw this land, and the Lord said, buy that land. And there was nothing special about the land. Usually when you buy land, you want something special about it. You know, you want something that you can make some money off of it. But he sensed in his spirit that it was time to buy that land. And so he went and bought the land, let it sit there for a while, and then all of a sudden, he found out that the interstate was going to go right through that land. So he not only was able to sell and make a sizable amount of money for, you know, the uh, state to buy or the, the, the government to buy that portion of land for the interstate, but he built a strip center to go off the interstate. And now he is a millionaire because of listening to God, but it's because he obeyed. That's what we do in the time. That's what we do in the time part of this. We sow the seed, we listen for God. We sow the seed, we listen for his voice. And then when he tells us what to do, we get out in the field and do it. And we don't wait for the clouds to change to our preferred environment. 
we get out there in the rain, whatever we need to do, and we bring in the harvest. We don't sleep through it. We don't get distracted from it. We don't let things keep us from doing it. We get out and do it because the hand of the diligent makes rich. He that deals with a slack hand tends only to poverty. Hello, a wise son goes out in the summer, goes out in the season of harvest. Well, your season of harvest might be in the middle of winter, but a spiritual harvest has to be brought in nonetheless. And it might be a whole bunch of work. It might be a contract that comes your way. It might be a new customer that comes and wants certain things done a certain way. And you've got to step forward and say, yes, I can do that because I know that God has told me that this is my harvest. And instead of sitting around on your bum waiting for the thing to fall out of the sky in your living room, get out there in the harvest, listen for the voice of God, and begin to reap what you have sown. Some of you are working way too hard and getting very little return. We're going to talk about that next week. It's time that we get out in the harvest and realize that God wants us to harvest, to reap. In fact, he says, I have called you to reap. Amen? He's called you to reap. Some of you have sown seed after seed after seed, seen nothing. Most Christians don't believe in the hundredfold return. They don't believe it. They don't believe it. But why would Jesus put it in there if it wasn't possible? Is Jesus just being hyperbolic? Is he just exaggerating? No, he says 30, 60, 100-fold. Amen? I believe we can get 100-fold in some of the areas of our lives. Amen? If we'll be diligent in the time part. Because that's where the enemy attacks us. If he can't keep you from sowing the seed, he's going to distract you in the time to where you can't hear the voice of God to be able to know when the harvest is. Are you getting anything out of this? It's time to work the land. Some of you need healing in your body. It's time to work the land. Some of you need financial breakthrough in your life. It's time to work the land. Some of you are need relationships to grow and flourish. It's time to work the land. Where do we go to work the land? We go into our garden in here. We go into right here because guess what? We have a miracle machine on the inside of us. It's called our heart. And if we'll sow the proper seed, praise God, and do the proper things in the time then praise God, when harvest comes, we'll know exactly what we need to do. We'll know exactly what we need to buy. We'll know exactly what we need to go get. We'll know exactly who to talk to. We'll know, oh, you're not getting that. You're not getting, listen, connections, things of that nature. Hello. It's time to instantly obey the voice of God. Listen, sometimes he'll tell you to quit something. And the reason why you're not reaping it's because you haven't obeyed that. 
If you're experiencing lack in your life, you need to go back to the last place of obedience that you had. They just say, did I truly obey the Lord? Did I do exactly what he needed me to do? Because guess what? When you don't, you'll still live life. Life will still go. The ball will still turn. But it means that you have missed on your harvest. And that harvest, listen, Jesus' mother and father were given the gold, frankincense, and myrrh for one reason only, to finance them as they went down to Egypt. A lot of people misinterpret when God brings a harvest to their life. You need to be asking yourself, okay, Lord, what do we need to do with this? Because seed time and harvest means that every time God gives you something, there's a seed in it that you have to take and you have to sow it so that you get more of what you... That's abundant life. That's how abundant life works. It's not going and getting scratchers. I'm believing God. I'm going to go to the casino. I had a person tell me that. I'm believing God to get me out of this mess. I'm going to go down to the casino. I'm sorry. God don't work at casinos. Hello. Grieve the Spirit of God by putting your faith in a faulty system. You got better than a casino on the inside of you. you you've got something greater on the inside of you that is greater than chance. Hello. Amen. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. It's fun. Just seeing you all be all sour about it. It's all right. <clears throat> you mean I have to do something? Yes. <clears throat> you don't, you think God just going to. I just want to, yeah. no, no, listen, work the system. Yahweh isn't just a name, it's a system. The Lord, he is good. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Happy up. That's why my mom said, happy up. Just giving you a principle of the kingdom of life. Jesus, when he sat down and he talked in Mark chapter 4, it says this very clearly in the Greek. It says that he began to teach them about the sower sows the word. He called it his doctrine. It is called his doctrine. The teaching of Jesus is seed time and harvest. Hello? You don't get a hold of this. Remember what he said? You don't get a hold of this, you're not going to get a hold of anything. That's what he said. You don't get a hold of this, you're not going to understand anything in the Bible. There's a seed and there's a harvest to everything in this life. Everything. Every decision, every thought, every intent of the heart, every action, every word spoken. There is a harvest 
that comes with that seed. So that's the reason why the Bible says, God is in heaven, you're on earth. Therefore, let your words be what? Few. It says where there's a multitude of words, there is no want for sin. Why? Because you're, 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 you're sowing good seed and bad seed and all this stuff, and you're getting up and your garden don't look no good. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. I guess we just need to dance or something. I don't know. Are you ready for your weekend? Amen? Hallelujah. Well, we're going to have counselors that are up here that are here to minister to your needs. If you need to be born again, you need uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit, you need healing, you need deliverance, they're going to be right up here to pray with you. And uh, we're going to have a wonderful time tonight, 6 o'clock, with flow. If you ever wanted to understand and know how to flow with the Holy Spirit, that's what this class is for. It'll be at the uh, Student Ministries building. And uh, I encourage you, get a hold of this stuff because the times, they are a-changing. And this stuff that we're talking about isn't just stuff that we can just sit around and talk about anymore. It's stuff we need to incorporate in our lives because there's stuff going down where you're going to need to know this stuff. Because the systems of the world are failing. But the word of God is forever. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you for this word. Thank you, Father God. We just thank you, Lord, that it goes into our hearts, that we begin to function as new creations in this life, overcomers in every area, in Jesus' name. Amen? You guys are dismissed in Jesus' name.